Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. I am. I love nothing more when there is enough that we're able to do a midweek recap. It is truly one of my favorite things in the world. Big Kardashian week this week. Doesn't it feel like every week is recently? (laughs) Yes. And I also think that there's a very high chance we're screwing ourselves for Monday's episode content-wise, but it's worth it to me. This is one of those times where I'd rather have fewer things to talk about on Monday because I need to discuss what's transpired in the last three days. Don't you think that's the whole thing though? Like that exact predicament we found ourselves in highlights how much the Kardashians are doing in comparison to everybody else. Like they are bringing just so much to the table and I need everybody else to kind of step up too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, let me tell you one thing. Thank God for euphoria. I mean, for so many different reasons though. (laughs) Okay. So obviously the biggest thing that happened this week was Kim gracing the cover of US Vogue, which of course we will get into, but I'd like to start on a far more lighthearted note, which was Pete's interview with people. (laughs) Julie, I loved this. I loved every second of it. Him saying, my girlfriend, I'll never recover from hearing that for the first time. So for anybody who didn't see this, Pete did an interview from his apartment with people. It was over Zoom. And we're going to put the link in the description, but I would highly recommend watching just a few clips, not because you won't understand what we're talking about. Of course, we're going to get into it, but I don't think either of us could do a good enough job at almost conveying the sweetness that he portrayed. Like There was a real innocence to this interview, I felt. I think innocence is a really good way to word it because- Not just him saying girlfriend, which I think really exemplified that because he so easily could have just said, you know, I really hang out with Kim a lot. He like used that word girlfriend. And I think the way that he said it was so sweet. And the other side of it was he was really just sitting in his bedroom at home and it wasn't anything special. It was like his little room that he said he was in the process of moving from and he had stuffed animals on his bed. Like, That exact word of innocence, I think, describes what we saw so well. Before even getting into anything that he said, I really so appreciate the fact that it was done on Zoom and that it was really done from his bedroom because even just using that one backdrop as an example, when you compare that to what Kim's background would have been if she was doing this exact same interview, to me, it highlights so clearly exactly what she's been missing in her life, right? Like imagine Kanye doing this. His background would be probably very similar to something of Kim's, very neutral, very you know curated, perfectly aesthetically pleasing. And I feel like Pete's background is a perfect metaphor to exactly what Kim was craving in her life, which was just normalcy and fun. Right. And also it'll be interesting to see Pete moving because he did say that, that he's moving to Brooklyn and moving out of Staten Island. 
it'll be interesting to see if when he moves, if you see his look and his design kind of elevate and if you can see them kind of taking things from each other. Whereas what Kim gets out of the relationship is this simplicity and this innocence from Pete. And it'll be interesting to see on the reverse if Pete starts to identify more with the things that Kim is bringing into his life in terms of the higher end stuff. And obviously Pete is not a stranger to that lifestyle. I mean, he has a lot of famous friends. He does very well for himself. But being Kim Kardashian is just inherently different than being anybody else on the planet. So it'll be interesting to see if that influences Pete stylistically or in terms of what he wants for his own life. Right. Or if perhaps it doesn't at all and actually she maybe embraces a little bit more of what he's selling. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a really fun thing to think about. I think that's what's so fun about their relationship is because it has been presented to us in such a way where we get enough that we're not like, okay, you guys are boring me. Like you're not giving me anything. I want an inside look into your relationship and you're giving me nothing. That's not the case. We're getting the paparazzi pictures. We're getting the date pictures. We're getting the little hints and interviews, but they're holding so much back from us at the same time where we're constantly looking for that next clue and that next piece of information, that next little bit of insight. So we're never bored with them and we're never over them. And that is such an important combination, I think, for keeping us going. And I'm so interested to see the way in which that balance evolves as they get closer and maybe more serious. Of course. I mean, in terms of the actual quote, so the question was about how fame affects him. And he says, quote, Well, I don't really have Instagram. I don't have Instagram or Twitter or any of that stuff. So most of my daily life is getting into cars and showing up to a set. Or if I'm off, I just either hang with my friends or chill with my girlfriend inside. So I don't do much. Again, every single thing was pointing us in the direction of them being girlfriend and boyfriend. This is not any sort of a shocking revelation, but I'm going to tell you something right now. When I heard him say the words, my girlfriend, it felt like absolutely groundbreaking, earth-shattering news. And it's not. It's the most obvious fucking thing in the world. They have not been hiding this. But let me tell you something. It felt like the first time I ever heard it. I. That's how I felt too. I mean, I guess it was for them the first time we've heard them use those exact words. Because also the thing with this relationship, and obviously we're past that at this point, but when this first started, we were like, oh, all they're doing is hooking up. Like this doesn't mean anything. And I think even up until like let's say a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, we still had that impression of like, well, they're just having fun together. This is just something like for both of them and Kim's coming off a divorce and she needs a little bit of fun and you know how Pete is. So to hear them label it and for him to so confidently just say like, yeah, I usually just hang out with my girlfriend. It's like, we are so past that phase of this just being fun. Wait, it's so funny. We just got a DM because we posted like a clip from the people interview and someone responds, is that a bong next to the candle? I'll get into this in a second for anybody confused. They go, this truly is just a regular dude's apartment and I can't believe it belongs to Kim Kardashian's boyfriend. Exactly that. That is exactly the point I was trying to make earlier. We have to talk about the candle. Okay. So you'll see in the background on kind of like his dresser, there's a bunch of different things. One of them being either a bong or an oil rig. I couldn't really tell exactly what it was. And those prayer candles, like those gag prayer candles of Kim. And the interviewer, eagle-eyed interviewer, might I add, asks, is that a Kardashian prayer candle? And he's like, yes, yes it is. Which that in and of itself is already incredible content. Like you can't get enough. But until you find out that before the interview actually started, he was rearranging his belongings on that dresser. And he very, 
in my opinion, intentionally put that candle out right in direct view of the camera. That's what I think too. I mean, that's what it looked like to me on that video. The thing is, it's so anti the way that I would expect Pete Davidson to operate. Like he's just so not calculated in that way when it comes to these type of things, which is why initially I was like, oh, maybe it was just a coincidence. But then when I watched that video, it did feel kind of purposeful, no? It felt purposeful in a way that I wouldn't describe as calculated. I would describe it as like committing to the bit almost and not in terms of their relationship being a bit, just in terms of like him having that in his room in the first place. Right, right. But also how easy would it have been for him to hide it? So clearly he's wanting that to be seen. I think he, as he should be, is incredibly proud that she is his girlfriend and if his way of showing that off is like in the most minor way possible by having like a gag gift prayer candle in his room versus like a really extravagant showing off of her on like social media or or in public or talking about her on SNL, which he hasn't done at all. And has, I don't even want to say the word refrain from, because I don't know if he necessarily has that overwhelming desire to do it. He doesn't strike me as that kind of a guy. So if his one way of kind of quote, showing her off and showing that little insight of what their relationship is in terms of like, yeah, I fall asleep with a prayer candle of Kim on my dresser and I look at it every night. Then like, to me, that is so sweet. (laughs) No, I I loved it. I was obsessed with it. And also they asked him about his Valentine's Day plans. And he says, quote, I don't think I've ever had a Valentine's Day thing really. So this would be the first year that I'm thinking about Valentine's Day plans, I guess. It's a big day. You know what's funny about that quote? Hmm. For a guy who is absolutely known for the number of relationships he's been in, this is his first real Valentine's Day, it seems like. Or this is the first time where he feels that there's an expectation, maybe? Well, it's funny when you think about the fact that he's been engaged. That timeline didn't match up. They wouldn't have celebrated a Valentine's Day together. But it is hilarious to think about somebody having been engaged, but not having to have had a Valentine's Day with that person. Well, when we were looking it up before, when we were sitting on the couch, because this is a totally normal thing to do, he dated Marco Qualey, but never in February. Same thing with Phoebe Denever. The relationship ended before February. Obviously with Cassie, it was, I think, a, a two or two and a half year thing. And with Kate Beckinsale, theoretically, they would have been together in February, but they had started dating in January. So since, I guess, a few years ago, this would be his first real Valentine's Day. And also, everything else aside, it's Kim. Like, This is uncharted territory. The expectation level, I think, in his mind is just different. Again, he's nothing like Kanye, and that's a great thing. But, of course, he has the previous knowledge of what she's used to, you know? Right. Like, he's he's definitely going to do something. I think what will be sweet about it is you'll be able to tell that he, whatever he does do, is because he wants to do it, and it was his idea, and not because he feels like he has to compete in any sort of way. Right. And he, I, I think that he knows that he can't even compete and that's okay. That's not him. That's not why she's with him. Like he's not going to be the guy that's going to have Kenny G in her foyer with, you know, a thousand roses on the floor every morning. That's just, that's not his vibe. And that's not why she's with him. Like we said, and as she said, she had all of the grand things with Kanye and she didn't have the little things. So you date Pete Davidson to get the little things. Yeah. I mean, I'm so interested to see what they end up doing again. All I want in the whole world right now is just for her to make it Insta official. I know. 
I wanted so badly too. I mean, let's get into her Vogue interview because she never mentioned him by name or really anything about him. But she did say that when she was in the Bahamas, the people that she was with, that's what she how she phrased it, kind of had this moment of like, fuck it, let's throw our phones into the ocean. And she said that she had this moment of being like, oh my God, is that allowed? Is that something that I can do? And her version of doing that was just changing her phone number. And she felt like that was kind of a clean slate. And even just that one quote did make me feel like the Pete influence on some level has to be there. Yeah. I think that the Pete influence is there in the sense of her being able to really live in the moment, it feels like, or like you know, when you're dating somebody who isn't on social media in any sort of way, obviously their screen time is going to be a lot different than yours. Their time on their phone is going to be a lot different. So it's something where you maybe pick up habits and especially Pete, who's been so open about the fact that he feels like social media is such a detriment to him. Maybe that's rubbing off on her in some sort of a way. Completely. And when I think about just us for an example. Obviously, we're on our phones constantly and that's because it's our job. But we probably would be in general. I mean, I, we both actually get a lot of pleasure uh, out of being on our phones and it's not something that we feel like we need to make excuses for. However, I know you and I have had conversations before and saying that when we're with friends that don't have Instagram, for example, or don't have TikTok, it's not that we feel at all ashamed, but you just naturally start to have a little bit of a different perspective and you realize how much time you really are devoting to it. And so I have to imagine that for Kim... She doesn't feel ashamed. It's her entire brand. I mean, it's the reason that she's been able to build this empire. At the same time, though, it probably is a very welcomed perspective shift. Yeah, I think so. It's funny with me, at least, I feel like, and I think you've said this before too, it's less for me feeling shame when I'm with somebody who doesn't use their phone often. Like a lot of times when somebody's like, oh, I'm not on TikTok or like I'm not on Instagram, I'm like, okay, I mean, there's just like a whole world that you're missing out on, but like you do you. I, I can't relate on any level, nor do I want to. But I actually feel like when I do step back and I'm not on my phone as much, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, I have to remind myself that I don't have to feel guilty for not being on it, which is such an interesting thing that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. And maybe it's just the nature of our jobs, but I'm sure that's something that impacts Kim as well, where she's like, you know, it doesn't really affect me to be on my phone, but I would love to exist without that feeling of shame for being off of it. Totally. And it extends itself way beyond just social media because I think there's this feeling of needing to be available and needing to be there the second that somebody needs you. And I think that like removing that urgency can be so liberating, but it's a lot easier said than done. Well, there's something in the article where they get to the point where Kim's talking about throwing their phone in the ocean or changing her number. And and the interviewer says Kim quickly gets back to having answered her text because in her mind, it's rude not to. Like, the way that I always view Kim is in the perspective of the friends that she has and the cult lifers, specifically that group chat and that group of friends. And I always say, you don't keep friends that long when you get this famous without putting in so much effort. Completely. I mean, we've always said that. I think that that is one of the biggest testaments to her character. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. 
So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, so we're going to read some of the article. If you've already read it, feel free to fast forward, but we got a lot of DMs of people seemingly looking forward to hearing some excerpts that they hadn't read the piece themselves. So what we did was we, of course, put in the background and then just some paragraphs throughout the interview. This is not the entire thing, but I think it, it's a pretty good amount and paints a good picture. So again, the interviewer was Jen Wang for Vogue, and it was titled, I've Chosen Myself, Inside Kim Kardashian's New World. So it sets the scene by saying, Kim's children, North Saint, Chicago, and Sam, whom she shares with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Kanye West, have been playing for the last hour, trailed by clicking cameras. North, dressed in a white skims tee and an old pair of her mother's artfully tattered Levi's, clinched at the waist, has been practicing her free throws on the black basketball court that Kim once built for Kanye in the marriage's better days. North's younger siblings take turns zipping around their sister on the fleet of motorized toy cars at their disposal. A group of caretakers tell Saint to slow down. He's wearing, appropriately, a lime green Kawasaki shirt picked out by North, who has styled all the kids. When Mother Kimberly does appear shortly thereafter, her arrival is so casual that the energy on the shoot barely shifts. Glittering as she is, Kim is greeted first and foremost as Mommy by her children. And now that Mommy is here, all four want a piece of her, and they want it now. St. Chicago and Sam surround their mother and play tug-of-war with her denim, while North quietly claims her hand. By the way, I was so here for that scene setting because those were all of the little anecdotes that I would have wanted to know is so here for it. Exactly what I wanted. And specifically, I think one of my favorite lines of the entire article is that Kim walked in and the energy of the shoot didn't didn't shift at all. Right. Because it's like, couldn't you so envision this? Like, yes, of course she is an icon and so of the moment in this massive superstar. But I think one of the reasons she's been able to be so successful is because she really treats people like they're just human beings. And there is this kind of casual nature that I think she can sometimes approach things with that is really humanizing and very endearing. You know, exactly what you're saying. And I think with Kim, one of the expectations you would have is that she walks into a room and it's like, 
the entire room pauses or like she walks into a room and everybody just stops to turn and devote their attention to her. And that's kind of that energy shift that you would have expected. And I think something that you find with Kim based on having watched her on the show or based on having watched her in interviews or even the way she interacts on social media is that her presence while so grand is also so casual and I mean, like when she's talking to you, let's say on Instagram live, and she's like, oh my God, hi guys. Like she's talking to you like you're her friend. And when she walks into a room, I imagine that it's a very similar energy. So I don't even necessarily know if it's an energy shift in the sense of, or a lack of energy shift in the sense of she walked into a room and everybody was so comforted by her presence or she was so nice to everybody that it didn't feel like a high stress situation. Or if it was just, she walked into a room and there was just something about her that makes everybody else who's working the shoot feel like their friend just walked in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think in this particular example, it taking place at her house definitely contributed to the vibe. But I mean, speaking from the few times that I've been in the same room as her, on one hand, of course, she is so captivating and you're drawn to her presence just because of this star that she is. But at the same time, there's a real ease. And I think it it struck me the most at that Uh, Wall Street Journal dinner, where she's being honored as the fashion innovator of the year. And it's this huge, massive honor. And she gets up there and is talking so candidly about previously doing ads for workout plans and cupcakes at the same time. And just like, it was such a human interaction that so immediately I I felt the change of vibe in the room or even when we met her at Simon's and I literally was like, I'm wearing a Skims bodysuit right now. And like, it was, it seemed so normal. I know. Yeah, totally. Okay, ready? Quote, for so long, I did what made other people happy, the 41-year-old explains. And I think in the last years, I decided I'm going to make myself happy. And that feels really good. And even if that created changes and caused my divorce, I think it's important to be honest with yourself about what really makes you happy. I've chosen myself. I think it's okay to choose you. She pauses before elaborating. My 40s are about being team me. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to work out. I'm going to have more fun, spend more time with my kids and the people who make me happy. I'm going to put my phone down, unfollow if I don't want to see something on Instagram. I want to touch on this one line before I keep going, which is, and even if that created changes and caused my divorce, that's a big statement. Yeah, it's a huge statement. I mean, it's kind of the explanation of what happened. And it makes so much sense when you go back to some of those scenes from the previous season where she basically reveals that she was just keeping in it to kind of keep things afloat. And she realized like this was not her living her happiest life. So now that she's almost on the other side of it, I just think it's very interesting. I think you can see that so clearly represented in these Vogue covers in terms of her evolution of Vogue. I mean, meaning her first ever Vogue cover was with Kanye. And then most recently you had her Vogue when it was just her solo for the first time before the Met Gala. And you have the understanding of that Met Gala look and that Vogue cover kind of be going hand in hand, but also having the knowledge of that Kanye fight that happened prior to the Met where he said that line about her sexiness affecting him and she was not having any of it to now her being on the Vogue cover alone for the first time out of the marriage. Yeah, it was a very big deal and also... How perfectly timed. Yeah, I mean, you can just see her evolution so clearly. And especially that point of like, 
I am spending my years now focused on me and what's making me happy and what I want to do. And I'm not doing it for anybody else. Like that is the clearest evolution of her. Right. And on some level, that's what Kanye had been doing all along. Right. So it's like Kim can do that, but in a way that's far less narcissistic and far more realistic to also, you know, handling the matters that be. Right. I also thought in terms of the Kanye stuff, it was very interesting and timely in the sense of when I was first reading this article, I wasn't expecting any of the most recent Kanye antics to be brought up because I always think that there is a significant period of time that passes between interview and it coming out. But this mentioned the drama, quote unquote, with Chicago's birthday party and Kim talking about co-parenting together. Well, yeah, that's exactly in this next paragraph. Okay, let me read this. Reflective of her mature attitude is Kim's approach to co-parenting and supporting Ye in his role as father to her children. Quote, you could be so hurt or angry at your ex, but I think in front of the kids, it always has to be your dad's the best, she explains. Make sure you are your co-parent's biggest cheerleader, no matter what you're personally going through. The one time that cheer turned into anything resembling a boo was in early February, after Ye asked his Instagram followers what recourse he had when their daughter North was, quote, put on TikTok against my will. This shot across the bow was the latest in a month-long public fury of accusations Ye fired off at his ex, to which Kim never responded. So it came as something of a surprise when she addressed the TikTok blow-up directly in a statement posted to her Instagram stories, where she wrote, quote, Divorce is difficult enough on our children, and Connie's obsession with trying to control and manipulate our situation so negatively and publicly is only causing further pain for all, before reiterating her wish that, quote, all matters regarding our children remain private. I was floored that they were able to include this, like timeline-wise. Completely floored. I was not expecting it in the slightest. I also wish, I mean, I knew we weren't going to, but I would have loved anything of that, like, her directly addressing what she felt in the moment that incited her to actually post that story. I know, me too. That was the information that I really wanted. I texted you after saying I loved this so much. There was a couple of key pieces of information that I would have loved to have that would have enhanced this for me. One of them being a little bit of a Pete discussion or any sort of reference to it. And then the other being some sort of um, emotion behind what she was going through and especially in that moment. Not that I ever wanted her to put Kanye on blast in this and I never wanted to make this article that's so clearly about her, about Kanye, but I think that the empowerment that she must have felt in that moment would have been something that really would have added to this article, for me at least. I don't know if she had any desire at all to even bring the Kanye stuff into it, so I I was shocked to see it in the first place. But same. I I knew that we weren't going to get it. I was just kind of hopeful, but you know what? It's probably the right thing. Like let this completely speak for herself and remove him from the narrative as much as physically possible. Exactly. Okay. Let me continue. By the way, at the end of this, I'm totally going to have to tell anybody that fast forwarded that they have to go back because I didn't realize we were going to be talking about it so much in between, you know? I kind of felt like we were. I always figured we would, and I kind of figured that no one skips over it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm the one reading. I'm like, I, like in my mind, I'm like, oh, everybody just skips over it. But I'll, I'll make that clarification after. Just remind me in case I forget, okay? Because you're the one reading and I assume no one does. <laughs> That's just because you hate your voice for no reason. It's okay. Well, keep reading. <laughs> okay. The day after the shoot, Kim and I have a date for tea at a hotel in Beverly Hills. At the valet, I see her waiting for her car. She's on her way to or from a workout. Her curves are poured into a sports bra and coordinated leggings in a coral snakeskin print. 
Her long hair parted in the middle and secured at the nape of her neck in a low ponytail. The color, however, is lighter than it was the day before. Did she have time for a hair appointment after putting the kids to bed? In a moment, I catch my mistake. It's not Kim, but it's Kim, too, and a symbol of the mogul mom's impact on the culture. You can't go anywhere in the world today without seeing these Kimitators. <laughs> By the way, this was a brilliant anecdote to illustrate a very real point, which is that clearly so many people have modeled their look after Kim's. But let me tell you something. If you were a true Kardashian fan, you know damn well that a coral snakeskin print workout outfit is a dead giveaway. This, this woman is working out in black and black only. Black only in neutral tones forever. Yeah. But I did think that that was a really good point because we always say this every single time we're in LA, specifically LA. It's like quick glance, anybody could be Kim. Yeah. Very quick glance. But also that's something that's brought up in the interview where she says to Kim, something like 30% of women who go to their Beverly Hills plastic surgeon give Kim as the inspiration of what they want. And Kim had said she had never heard that before. Right. And that's exactly what she gets into. So let me read these next two paragraphs. Of course, when Kim arrives to the hotel's restaurant, right on time, minimally made up, dressed in elevated athleisure, an oversized black leather shirt, and matching pants over a black bodysuit, her hair still in a long braid, she looks as if she's expended no effort at all. The kids are with their dad this afternoon, and after Kim orders tea, English breakfast with steamed oat milk and honey, and a basket of bread, I ask how she feels about her role in moving the beauty needle so far, and about all of the imitators she sees around her. But she demurs. I don't know if I would ever say, oh my God, this person looks like me. I think if someone has dark hair and tan skin, people are going to say, oh, that looks like Kim. And that's not fair because there are so many people who are just themselves. I tell her that I'd read somewhere that 30% of women visiting one plastic surgeon's office in Beverly Hills asked to look like her. Wow, she says, I never heard that. I mean, talk about imitation being the sincerest form of flattery in real time. Like what a real life example of that quote. 30% is just an insane number. And I have to say that I get it completely. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. 
Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just <laughs> gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second. But we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise. I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the dropdown menu that follows. Okay, I'm going to continue. Living her life means eating plant-based and rising daily for a 5.30 a.m. workout, typically after only five hours of sleep. Kim's baseline to function. (laughs) Did you know that because of her aura ring or are you normal? (laughs) I literally track Kim's sleep schedule like it's my part-time job. Oh, God. I I know I say it a lot. I'm sorry, one quick thing. I know I say it a lot and then sometimes I like add a caveat or kind of correct it. I am so fucking over apologizing for the amount of knowledge we have. You know what I mean? Like I'm over it. I'm not embarrassed by it. I I find personally so much more power in just like owning the level of interest we have in this and not trying to shy away for it. I Nobody can make fun of you for it if you're the one owning it, you know? Here's my question. Was I supposed to pretend like I didn't see a story where Kim asked about eating before bed or whether she should or not and whether it would impact her resting heart rate while she was sleeping? Or am I supposed to like ignore the fact that I saw that? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like we all saw that. We all know that. Julie, if you ignored seeing that, we would not, one, be friends. And second of all, we would not be able to do a podcast together. And that's exactly my entire point. Imagine we stopped this whole thing and somebody was like, what happened? And you were like, Julie didn't see the story where Kim finally got her resting heart rate during sleep under control. <laughs> Wait, by the way, you remember how last week we were talking about how seeing her icon pop up with the new story is like just such a normal part of the day and how it would be weird if that didn't happen. The reason that I know that this is reaching its target audience is because so many people responded to that being like, Hard yes, and also the amount of comfort that I get from hearing the hangers like clanking together when she's doing like a story for the the new Skims drop that just came in. I was like, okay, yes, we are one in the same. We are all one in the same, and I'm so happy and comforted by that fact. Me too. Okay, the fact that she lost her beloved father, quote, the best dad in the entire world, to cancer as she entered adulthood is always at the edge of her thoughts, especially now that she's a mother. 
And though she says she's in the best shape of her life, Kim's most heralded looks of late have been ones that expose very little of the body that once upon a time, quote, broke the internet. Consider the gown she wore to the Met Gala, where even her face was completely obscured in black jersey. It was a conceit that she initially resisted. I fought against it. I was like, I don't know. How could I wear the mask? Why would I want to cover my face? She recalls. But Demna and the team was like, this is a costume gala. It's not a Vanity Fair party where everyone looks beautiful. There's a theme and you have to wear the mask. That's the look. There was something fitting about wearing a mask to the Met Ball during a pandemic defined by mask wearing, but it's not the corollary that Demna, also the co-founder of the label Vetements, had in mind. The mask, he tells me from his base in Zurich, was quote, conceptually speaking, quite important. People would know instantly it was Kim because of her silhouette. They wouldn't even need to see her face, you know? And I think that's the whole power of her celebrity, that people wouldn't need to see her face to know it's her. Citing the fact that he and Kim speak, quote, the same fashion language, he has anointed her the face of Balenciaga's spring-summer 22 campaign. Also, I just want to say that when we were discussing the Met Gala and you and I said, like, personally, we weren't a huge fan of Kim's look, but once we read more about it and saw some of the more elevated takes, which were exactly that, like the power of being able to be defined by just her silhouette, we got it a lot more. And I, I don't know, I guess I loved reading the actual confirmation of the mindset behind that from Demna himself. Yeah, I did too. That's exactly how I felt. Like it wasn't for me. I would have loved to have seen her in something else, but to hear that explanation of like, Kim could walk into a room entirely head to toe covered. You cannot see her face. You cannot see anything and you will still know it's her. Like to me, that is one of the most iconic things I've ever heard. So I am so unbelievably on board with that fact. Okay. Last paragraph that I'm going to read. After years spent feeling like a fashion outsider, followed by more years experimenting with the work of different designers, from Balmain to Rick Owens to the late Terry Mugler, now it's Kim who wears the proverbial clothes and not the other way around. Quote, I always think what will be next, she ponders, because I always had Kanye, who knew exactly what the next fashion era would be for me. And there's something scary about being out there on your own, but also something so liberating. She finishes her tea and dabs neatly at her lips. Who knows? I might just be in skims and be so comfy and casual and wear no makeup. And that might be what I feel like representing to the world. Maybe it's just not that serious. Like, that, I know, obviously, this is just a small portion of a much larger article, but that exact line of maybe it's just not that serious is so powerful to me because it's, of course, set on this much larger backdrop of something that is so serious. Like, her entire life everything is so calculated and it's planned so carefully and everything that she's doing is really high stakes. At the same time though, like she's kind of thriving in having fun with it all. And that is the dream. I mean, to be able to do both and to do both meticulously, I think is probably what most people would strive for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, also just in terms of the way that Skims has had this incredible takeover and is so... I mean, it's a billion dollar company. There's no describing both the success and the impact that Skims has had. So I think for her, when she's talking about, you know, Kanye always knew this next era of fashion for me, I think that Kim is now in a place where she can acknowledge that, but also say like, and maybe I'll define the next era. And that is maybe the most powerful thing that she can say. That line really hit for me, you know, because I, I I don't think she's bullshitting when she says that it was a little bit scary because Kanye kind of paved the way for her fashion wise and now she's having to do it herself. Like, I understand how that can be a little bit intimidating when you have the entire world watching you. But wow, what an empowering 
way to do it by being the U.S. Vogue cover story and to be able to talk about these things so candidly and just to be so honest about like not knowing and it's okay to not know. Yeah, absolutely. Also, by the way, just because you said skims, people always ask me and I just looked at the text that I sent Carol. It's the fits everybody dipped front cotton thong. That is the one that I swear by. Sorry, just wanted to make that one little point. <laughs> in case anybody was curious. Also, obviously, after the spread comes out, there's the most beautiful photos of her and the kids. Kanye posts six of the photos on his grid and writes in all caps, God, please bring our family back together. I guess that leads us into the call her daddy thing, because the question that you and I had was, how does Julia Fox see that post of Kanye wanting his family back together and still kind of operate under the assumption of like, yeah, well, maybe there's something there, but like he's with me now and I feel secure in that. Yes. I guess this is kind of a a seamless transition to the call her daddy conversation, which I I think I should start out by saying, I just know that you and I are not going to go into this as intensely as people would probably want. Don't you think? Yeah, totally. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So for anybody unaware, Julia Fox was on the most recent episode of Call Her Daddy, and she was nothing if not transparent. Like, I'm not bullshitting you. I'm not like just trying to find kind things to say. Genuinely, she was so honest. She took you through 
her entire upbringing. She grew up in the city. She talked about her history with drugs, with partying, with fame. She used to work as a dominatrix. She talked about times in her life where she really did not have enough money to get through and how she handled that. And I mean, there was a lot happening here. Of course, she talked about Kanye, but the the top level thought before anything else is like, she was quite vulnerable. Yeah, she told her story. I mean, she did not hold back at all. And I can always appreciate when somebody does that. And she definitely has a story worth telling that is so much more than just Kanye. Right. And I mean, I guess a good place to start is we were getting a lot of DMs of people saying, is this a must listen? Like, do I need to listen to this? And I guess my response to that is, if you are interested in this stuff, if you want to find out more about Julia Fox, yeah, you're going to learn a lot. I mean, she does not hold back. She tells you her entire story. And she also, in terms of Kanye, does give a little bit of the behind the scenes as to how she was feeling behind some of these more viral moments. Do I think that it's going to make you a more intelligent person to listen? No. You know, do I think it's the most interesting thing I've ever heard? No, but if you care about this stuff, you'll care about it. In terms of what you were saying previously with Kanye posting that and how it couldn't affect her, like, I I, I still don't really understand just because I find it to be disrespectful. Like, if you are publicly with another woman and as far as she's concerned, your boyfriend and girlfriend, whether or not you're in an open relationship, it's wrong. Like, to be publicly asking your ex-wife to basically get together. I guess it doesn't impact her. It doesn't bother her that much. I will say in terms of the way that she spoke about anything to do with Kim, I thought she was nothing but respectful. And I did not feel like this was an example of women being pitted against one another. I think she totally understands like, quote, her place in all of this. And in my opinion, wasn't at all delusional or like offensive. I I thought that as far as the Kim part was concerned, she handled it beautifully. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, my one takeaway from the interview was that she strikes me as someone who knows exactly what she wants. And like, even if it isn't the most popular thing, even if it isn't the expected thing, like once she has made the decision that it's something that she wants to have in her life, she is going to go for it and she's going to make that happen. And so I think that when they first started dating and obviously Kanye was still publicly trying to get Kim back or Kanye was publicly speaking about this, the illusion that was then created was like, oh my God, like this poor Julia Fox just sitting on the sidelines, like, you know, just doting on Kanye while he's trying to get his ex-wife back. Like what a sad situation. That is not my impression of her at all. Like at all. My impression of her is that like, as soon as this relationship became something that no longer served her, Julia would be out. That is what I got from this. And so I don't, I think that as somebody who listened to the interview um, in preparation for talking about it through the lens of Kanye and through the lens of Kim, I don't think it was something where I was like, oh my God, thank God I listened to this because I wasn't overly interested in her as a person to be fully transparent. But at the same time, I did leave with a better impression of her as a person. Yes. I would say that my biggest takeaway of her as a person is that her confidence is not forced. I genuinely think she knows exactly who she is and she's incredibly confident in that. And I think that there is a lot of power that you know can be derived from that. I mean, even when Alex asks her the question of like, is this at all overwhelming to you at times? Which is such a fair question because I think it would be to your average person. When she says it's not because she genuinely feels like this is where she's meant to be and she feels like she kind of earned it, I believed her when she said that. I don't think that she was bullshitting. I don't think that she was making up for any sort of an insecurity. I genuinely feel like 
she almost views her life as if it's one big game and that she's the main character in this moment. Yeah, totally. I think my biggest takeaway, honestly, more than anything else, is that I think Alex did a really great job of asking the questions that people wanted to hear and wanted to get the answers to. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I know sometimes people say to us, like, you know, we wish you guys would be a little bit more raw when you don't have something kind to say. And it's like, I understand that. And when there's something that I think is genuinely important, like we feel like there's something wrong that we need to speak about from like a moral perspective, totally. But if I just don't really love someone's vibe, like what good does that do to me to talk about that? Because I'm sure some people listen and really loved it. Like, no, she's not really my type of person. And that's totally fine. She does not have to be my type of person. I thought it was an interesting conversation. I'm really glad that I listened. It makes me have a lot clearer picture of what's going on. And you know what? This is the life that she wants to live and good for her for fucking making it happen. It's my personal worst nightmare, but that's okay. Exactly. I I have nothing else to add. I know, I know people also hate when we agree, but I also have nothing else to add. I think Alex did a really good job. I'm glad I listened. I have a much clearer picture. Is she the type of person that I want to go to dinner with? Probably not, but that's never going to happen anyway. So that's exactly. uh, that's my takeaway. That's a great takeaway by me and, and one that I echo pretty much. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll talk about Lamar on Big Brother on Monday, and let's hope some other shit happens this weekend so we can discuss it. Let's fucking hope so. (laughs) Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and for letting us do this. And uh, I don't know. I'm just really lucky that we have this community. So thank you.